And I'm going to start out reading the burn after reading note that was written to Brian from mom. I just want you to remember, I need music for this. I just want you to remember that I will always love you and I will always love and you will always love me. You are my boy. Nothing can make me stop loving you. Nothing will or could ever divide us. No matter what we do or where we go or what we say, we will always love each other. You're in jail. I will bake a cake with a file in it. If you need to dispose of a body, I will show up with a shovel and garbage bags. If you fly to the moon, I will be watching the skies for your reentry. If you say you hate my guts, I'll get new guts. Roberta. Remember that love is a verb, not a noun. It's not a thing. It's not words. It is actions. Watch people's actions to know if they love you, not their words. I think she was saying that Gabby didn't really love her boy. Therefore, I am certain that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor the ruling spirits, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers from above, nor powers from below, nothing and the entire created world can separate our love. Neither hostile powers nor messengers of heaven, nor monarchs of earth, nothing has the power to separate us. Romans 8.38, extended version, exclamation point. Nothing can separate us, not hatred, not hunger, not homelessness, not threats, not even sin. Not the thinkable or unthinkable can get between us. Not time, not miles and miles and miles. Mm-mm-mm. What do you think? So. Knowing that they got him a lawyer, knowing that they knew Gabby was gone, do we think Brian is dead? Not miles and miles and miles. (laughs) Nothing can separate us. nothing. You're going to learn more about her relationship with her daughter. You're going to learn more about her relationship with Brian. And you're going to learn more about her relationship with Gabrielle, as she calls her. So let's move into Roberta Laundrie's deposition. I hope you guys are ready. Okay, here we go. So she's put under um, oath. And it says, would you state your name for the record? Roberta Laundrie. Mrs. Laundrie, you've sat through your husband's deposition yesterday, and I have taken your deposition in the past, and I gave instructions then, 
and I gave instructions to your husband yesterday. Do you need me to repeat those? She says, no. What's your address? Redacted. Have you ever been known by any other names other than Roberta Laundry? My maiden name, Roberta Vinci. What is it? Roberta Vinci. V-I-N-C-I. What is your date of birth? 1966. How old are you? 58. You're currently married to Christopher Laundrie? Yes. Did he, did he have the year right? Or he didn't remember the year. What's the date of your marriage? July 11th, 1986. What's your current phone number? Redacted. In the past five years, have you had any other telephone numbers? Yes. She gives it. I'm actually not quite sure how long I had that number, but I had that. Any other numbers? Not that I can recall. How about blank? Yeah, I think that was another cell phone number I had. I don't remember when. It does ring a bell. Mr. Riley, would you repeat that number? Sure. Blurted out whatever number. And you said it was a prior cell phone. I believe so. Okay. And I have three numbers for Brian. Do you recognize that number? I recognize it, but it's not Brian's. How about blank? That's not. That's my old number. And what about blanks? Yes, I believe that was Brian's. And he also had a blank number, correct? I believe so. Do you know what that was? No. When he returned from out west on September 1st at some point, after that, did you and he go get another phone number? Yes. When was that? I don't remember the date, but it was... I believe the first week he returned home. Why did he need a new phone? He didn't say. Okay. Do you know what happened to his old phone? No, I don't. Do you know what kind of phone he had previously? No, I don't. Did he ever own a tablet? I don't believe so. Are you currently employed? No. When was the last time you were employed? I retired in 2020, December. From where? Suffolk County. What did you do for Suffolk County? I worked in the Office of Water Resources. <gasps> I wonder if she knew Rex Hewerman. I worked in the Office of Water Resources. What did you do there? Secretary. For how long? Fifteen years. Did you ever have any involvement in CNR Specialty Services, Inc.? Yes. What was your involvement in that? Same kind of thing. Secretary. Paperwork. How about Juice Fountain, Inc.? No. Do you know Mr. Bertolino? No. Or yes, sorry. I know, I just got a hot flash crime solver. <laughs> the hot flash. Do you know Mr. Bertolino? Yes. And how do you know him? We're friends from Bayport, Long Island. How long have you known him? Over 30 years. When you say you're friends, how close friends was your family with his family? Oh, I believe we were close. Our children played and we spent time together socially. Prior to 2021, did Mr. Bertolino ever represent you in anything? Yes. What did he represent you in? The sale of a per and purchase of a couple of homes. A few homes we bought. Do you recall if you ever signed a fee agreement with Mr. B Bertolino? A fee agreement? I'm not sure if it was a fee agreement. I don't know. 
Other than the sale and purchase of homes, did he represent you in any other capacity? I believe he did. Our wills. That's all I, that's, I think that's all I can remember. And were you, your husband testified yesterday about some investment properties. Were you involved with investment properties with Mr. Berlino? Yes, my husband was. You were not? So I guess, I don't think I was on that. Any, I wasn't involved in that. What's your understanding of that investment relationship? I believe that Stephen bought and sold homes. And my husband would invest money and then they fixed the home and sold it. My husband would get his money back with interest and whatever they made on the sale of the house. Something like that. Okay. That's my best understanding of it. What was Brian's birthday? 1997. I think yesterday your husband said 98. So that was incorrect. I don't know what he said, but I think it was incorrect. I know it's 97. Okay. Prior to Gabby, did he have any girlfriends? Not that I was aware of. So he never brought anyone home? No, just lots of friends. But I can't name a specific person that he introduced as his girlfriend. Did he ever have any issues at school? No. Okay. Never gotten any trouble at school? No. Ever any fights that you're aware of? No. Did he have anger issues? No. Did he have a temper? No. Describe him, if you would, for me, please. For the five years prior to 2021. Tell me about him. He's a very sweet boy. Kind, considerate, loving. He loved his nephews. He loved his sister. He loved us. He was, he had a lot of friends he was friendly with, and he was a good boy. Hard worker. I could go on and on. He was wonderful. Was he ever fired from any job he had? Not that I know of. Did you ever hear anyone suggest that he was physically abusive in any way? Not that I know of. Did you ever hear anyone suggest that he was physically, or wait, when he, when did you first, wait, hold on. Did you ever hear anyone suggest that he was physically abusive in any way? Not at all. When did you first meet Gabby Petito? She came to our apartment in Medford in, I guess, the fall of, Late summer or fall of 2019? 2019. I believe so. It's hard for me to, yeah, because we moved here in 2020. So it could have been 20. I'm not sure. What was the address in Medford? It was blank. But I don't have the exact address. But that's the apartment complex. What were the circumstances of Gabby coming to your home at that time? I just remembered Brian brought her over one day and we met her and he introduced her as Gabrielle. I don't remember if he said the word girlfriend, but he introduced her and she, we met her. And then a week later or so, we all went out to eat and just kind of slowly got to know her. What was your understanding of their relationship at that time? I just assumed it was his girlfriend. Did he ever announce to you she was his girlfriend? No. Not officially, but I just, you know, bringing her around and hanging around. I assumed it was his girlfriend. So this was in the fall of 2019. When did you move to Florida? December of 2020. And you, so you know, I'm sorry. It could have been 2020 I met her. I'm sorry, I don't remember. How soon after you met Gabby did you move to Florida? 
gosh, was it three to six months? Or was it a year and three to six months? I guess a year, yeah, because there was COVID. COVID was 2020, beginning of 20. Beginning of 20, so yes, it was a year. So we must have met her in 19. Okay, so it was a year. And over that period of time, from the first time you met her, in the summer or fall of 2019, until you moved to Florida in 2020, how often would you see her? Oh, we came to visit once or twice. Once or twice. When you say came to visit, are you talking about there came a time when they moved to Florida? Yes. During COVID, they were living in Florida and we visited. My daughter lives there. So we visited my daughter. We visited my son. We took a little beach vacation. Do you know when they moved to Florida? When Brian and Gabrielle moved to Florida? It was around December of 2020. I would say it was December. Well, you moved there in December of 2020. Goodness gracious. And they were already living there. So I thought, but I thought you said COVID was 2000. COVID was early, March or so of 2020. And so when COVID hit, they just started to, they were just living together for a few months. Where? We bought them, well, we bought ourselves a little investment condo. And they moved into it here in Northport. So what was the question now? When did they move to Florida? Just before COVID began, I'd say a few months before COVID. COVID began in March? I believe so. Yeah, so I think around December or January of that year. What's the address they were living? That was blank. Blank, blank. Is that Boulevard? I don't know. That's in Northport? Yes. And the property that you and your husband just purchased? Yes. How long did they live there? About a year. Prior to that time that they moved to Florida, how often would you see Gabby? Prior to moving to Florida? Just a handful of times. What was your impression of Gabby? Very sweet. Okay. How would you, just as you've described Brian, how would you describe Gabby? Describe her? Sweet, cheerful, friendly, warm, affectionate, kind, thoughtful. Just a really nice girl. What was your relationship with her during that period of time? Very friendly. We, you know, we'd laugh and joke and talk, and I think we really liked each other. What did you observe about the relationship between Brian and Gabby? I thought they were very sweet together, very playful together. They enjoyed each other, and I thought it was a nice, good relationship. Did your relationship with Gabby ever change over time? No. Well, it got, we got closer, and we knew each other longer and longer. I'm sorry, say that again. As we knew each other longer and longer, we grew closer and we really cared for each other. I cared for her. I believe she cared for me too. She always said so. Roberta. Did you love her? Yes. Were you jealous of her relationship with Brian? No. Do you recall an incident in which you threw a pie or a cake away? I didn't remember it until you mentioned it yesterday, and I didn't throw the pie away. I was silly, and I, 
My feelings got hurt over a comment on the pie. And I, I did apologize to Gabrielle because I think I, my feelings were hurt and I was sulky. But I thought it was all forgotten and we were fine after that. But you know, I was a little sulky that night. And the next day everything was fine. I apologized and she was fine with it. And I thought I'd forgotten all about it until it came up yesterday and I felt really bad because I thought it was, I really thought nothing of it and I thought she thought nothing of it too. Well, what was the comment that was upsetting to you? I don't remember if it was a comment so much. It was, I had made dinner and I had made this pie and I was excited about my pie and to present on the table. My mother was visiting and I think I was just exhausted from all the people in the house. And when I put the pie down, I think there was a comment. I think there was just a little ruckus at the table where it's so silly, but nobody made a nice comment. I guess it was just a lack of a comment. Nobody said, oh, nice pie. And I know that's so silly and I regret it, but I got annoyed and I don't know why I got annoyed at, at kind of everybody and a little bit at Gabrielle. And it was silly and I was, I felt bad. I don't even remember it, even though she just told us all about it. I vaguely remember it. I just remember it was a pie and I was embarrassed, but I didn't throw out the pie. We ate the pie. And it was just, I don't know. I behaved not nicely. And I apologized to Gabrielle. She was very nice about it. And we were fine after that. And what was it about Gabrielle that annoyed you? It was nothing specific that annoyed me about Gabrielle. We lived together and there were little things. I'm sure I annoyed her too. But like anything, even when I spend time with my daughter, who I love, but nothing big. Nothing, you know, normal, everyday things. But I think we had a overall, had a wonderful relationship and she, I felt she loved me. I loved her and I felt really bad about the pie coming up. So they moved to the property in Northport, the blank or whatever boulevard property it is and lived there about a year. Yes. And why did they leave that apartment? Well, we were letting them live there for free, but it was supposed to be a rental and the, well, we bought it, we purchased it to rent out, but the condo association said you can't rent it out for a year. I don't know. That was their rule. So we said, all right, rather than it stay empty for a year, Brian and Gabrielle can live in it. And so after the, years pa after the year passed, Brian said, well, you guys probably want to rent it out now. And we said, no, stay there. That's fine. He said, no. You know, we don't want to stay there if you guys want to rent it out. And then he wanted to live with us too. He thought it would be nice and nice for Gabrielle to live with us. And then we ended up selling the condo. And then they moved to blank with you? Yes. How long were they at blank? From about January until May of 2021? Yes. And they lived there full time? Yes. Did you ever see any disagreements? or arguments between the two of them? No. Did you ever see anything about their relationship that concerned you? No. When did they get engaged? 
they had gone on a little trip and I remember it was on the trip that he gave her a ring and I don't remember the date. Do you have a, was it sometime between January and May of 2021? No, because I was, I believe I was in New York still when they told me over the phone. So it was before that. So it was prior to January of 2021? Yes. You said they took a trip. Where did they go? I don't remember. How long were they gone? I don't remember. Did you speak with them during that trip? No. Usually when he was, if people are on a vacation or a trip, I never bother them when they're away. So, well, I guess this was an extended trip, like a month or more, or was it just a few weeks? I cannot remember the trip. I just remember him. I remember they were away when they got engaged. That's all I can remember. When you found out they were engaged, what was your reaction? I thought it was very sweet and I was happy for them. Did you have any concerns about them getting engaged at a young age? No, because they were just well-suited. And I was married at a young age and I don't know. What do you mean they were well-suited? I don't know. They got along so well. They both liked art and drawing. And I don't know. They just seemed like a good pair. Oof. She's something else, right? Like, oh, the pie thing? What would the heck? She got mad about the pie and threw it in the trash. Focusing on this. Oh, she's crazy. I did not throw the pie away. So she was mad because Gabby didn't say, hey, nice pie. I'll tell you what she was mad of. Mad about. She was mad because Brian was probably paying attention to Gabby at the table and not her fucking pie. She didn't say what the comment was. She just said she was mad and she was sulky because no one said nice pie. So I guess maybe in Christopher Laundries it'll come out. Okay, so now we're on to the engagement. What would you observe when they lived with you? The two of them doing together. What kinds of things did they do? Here we go with more jealousy. I don't know, just regular stuff. Occasionally they'd go on a hike or they'd go shopping, go grab something to eat. They'd go for walks at night. Prior to the time that Brian brought Gabby to your house in 2019, what was your relationship like with Brian? Prior to? <laughs> Wonderful. We were very close. Good relationship. Did you do things together? Yes. What did you do together? Everything. Go to the store, go for hikes, go on vacation, watch TV. Did your relationship with Brian change after he started dating Gabby? No, I don't think it changed. Did you still continue to do all those things together? Well, by that time he was living in Florida and I, and I was in New York. So we would just talk on the phone now and then and visit. How often when he lived in Florida while you were in New York, would you speak with him? I can't say just every once in a while. Well, was it every week? No. Every two weeks? It was random. I mean, we could talk one day and the following day and then not talk for two weeks. It was just random. Did he ever tell you during that period? of time about any issues he and Gabby were having? No. How about when you lived together? Did he tell you about any issues they were having? No. 
In 2021, did you become aware they were going on a trip? Yes. How did you become aware of that? Oh, about a little less than a week before they were leaving. We discovered that they were, that they had moved stuff into storage and then they were fixing up their van. And we sort of put two and two together and we said, we think they're going away. How did you discover they were moving things into storage? I think Chris found a receipt. And then I think they finally, I think we asked them about the receipt and they said, yeah, they moved stuff into storage. Did they say why they moved it into storage? No. How much stuff did they move into storage? Well, everything. Because eventually at some point, I looked in the room and there was nothing. Nothing was left. Well, what kind of, are you talking about furniture, clothing? What are you talking about? Well, everything. They had a two bedroom. They had a bedroom. It was the three bedroom house. So they had two of the bedrooms. And one of their bedroom and the other was like, and one was their bedroom and the other was like a couch with a TV. And they used it as a living room and a bathroom. So they had their own side. I don't know if it was after they left or right before they left. There was nothing in any of the rooms, just the couch and TV. Did they personal belongings? Everything was gone. Were you surprised that they had moved stuff? Well, I already knew about the storage unit. And we saw them working on the van. So, no, I wasn't surprised. But do you know why they decided to move it into storage as opposed to leaving it at the house? No. And that's why I had asked my son. After they were on the trip, I suggested to him, why don't you just store it here? I don't know why you're paying for a storage unit. That was my idea. I said, why are you paying for a storage unit? We have an empty room. Everything we could, you know, it was the size of a storage unit, the bedroom. We could pile up boxes in there, but he didn't want to inconvenience us. And we said, we don't mind. It's just an extra room. And you said they were fixing up the van. What did they do? Well, Brian was converting it into a camper van. Do you know where they got the van? No. Do you know whose name the van was titled in? Yes. Whose name? Gabrielle. And when did you learn that? I guess I saw the title. I saw the title. I don't know. When did you see it? Don't remember. Before? Oh, but I knew pretty early on. Before they left? Yes, yes. Okay. Did you discuss the trip with them? where they were going, how long they were going for, things of that, that nature. No, I didn't discuss it with them. <laughs> what? Okay. What? Thanks, CJ. She she didn't even ask. Thank you so much, CJ. That was so kind of you. She didn't even ask. So they were so close. Gabby wanted to get the fuck away from his mother. You want to bet? She wanted the fuck away and she never wanted to have to go back there. 
all her shit was moved out. That's why there was a storage unit. He did come in hot. He needs that sound bite. Coming in hot. He's like the mojito. No, I didn't discuss it with them directly. But Chris had told me that they were. No, I did. I remember Gabrielle telling me to. Her brother was graduating and she was going to go. They were going to go camp their way down. I don't remember who told me whether it was Brian, Chris or Gabby, but they were going to camp their way down. But I do remember Gabrielle telling me her brother was graduating. She wanted to go to her brother's graduation. At this time, did your husband have a close relationship with Brian than you? I would say we were both close with Brian. Was it your understanding that they were only traveling up to New York? At the time, yes. When did you learn they were going out west? Listen to this one. When they didn't come back for a while. (laughs) So they left. (laughs) So wait, let's put this together. Let's unpack this. They left. They removed all their shit from the laundry's house. They got a storage unit. And they took off to New York, got engaged, didn't tell her. And then they, she learned about the trip out west from a post. Check it out. When they didn't come back for a while, my daughter had seen a post. I don't know if it was Snapchat. I don't know what thing they used. And she took a screenshot of it and sent it to me and said, oh, look, they're out west. <laughs> Cassie screenshotting their Snapchat and sending it to Reberter and saying, Reberter and saying, oh, look, they're out west. Reberter. I bet you Cassie didn't like her either. Do you think? Poor Gabby. Okay, I wonder how much Gabby told her mom about Roberta. I wonder if Gabby and her mom had conversations about Roberta. You know who else probably had conversations about Roberta? Was Gabby and her friend, Rose. And then we heard the neighbor across the street. She posted on her Facebook, which was public, and she didn't realize it was public. And she said that Roberta told her that all Gabby would do was lay around and smoke pot all day. She's, yeah, she's nuts. Oh, Cassie, that's right. Cassie seen a post and sent it to Roberta and said, oh, they're out west. Do you know where they were at that point? No. Do you know how long after they had left your home in Florida that it was discovered they were out west? No. Sometime that summer. Was it a month? Maybe a month. Before they left, did they give you any indication they were planning on returning to Florida? No. No indication either way. I didn't know. She didn't know if he was even coming back. Okay. You weren't concerned about that? Well, not concerned. They're adults. And, you know, that's their life. 
and I wasn't concerned. Oh, bullshit. And if I asked you this, I apologize. How long after they left? Tell me, when did they leave Florida? Do you know? Yes, I remember it was early June, like the first or second, very early in June of 2021. Yes. And when you discovered that they were out West, how soon after strike that? When you learned that they were out West, how long was that after they'd left your home? I'm not positive. I would say a month. When you learned that they were out West, how long was it after they'd left your home? I'm not positive. I would say a month. That's just an approximate. Did you speak with Brian during that month period? No, I don't think I spoke with Brian all summer, but I could be wrong. We might have spoken quickly or texted. I can't recall. Was it unusual for you to go for such a long period of time without speaking with him? No. The last time he took a trip, we didn't speak until he got back. Do you know if your husband spoke to him during that month interval? I recall they had, he had called for Father's Day, I believe. After you learned from your daughter that they were out west, did you call Brian and say, hey, where are you going? What are you doing? I can't recall. I probably did, but I can't say for certain. I'm sure I must have called or texted. I can't remember. If he called or texted back, I just don't remember. Because you're a liar. And you don't know what the purpose of their trip out west was? At the time, I didn't know for sure. I just assumed they were out west again because they had done it once before. They had taken a cross-country road trip. So I said, oh, I guess they're taking another road trip. Country trip. The one that they took before, I think that's the one you told me about in 2020. Yes? Yes. Do you know where they went on that trip? I remember they showed us pictures, and I know it was out west, but I don't remember. Your husband mentioned Oregon yesterday. Do you know if they went out to Oregon on that first trip? Yeah, I remember. I heard him say that, too, and it did ring a bell. I was like, oh, yeah, Oregon. I remember hearing something about Oregon. And do you know why they went to Oregon? I thought Gabrielle said she had a relative or that they stopped by on a relative, a friend of her mother's. I really don't remember. Did you ever, prior to August of 2021, express any concern to Brian or Gabby about the trip? The first trip? No, the second trip. Did I express concern? I'll rephrase the question. With regard to the 2021 trip, prior to August 24th of 2021, did you express any concerns to Brian or Gabby about the trip? I think right before Brian left, I was kind of disappointed because I was like, another trip? I thought, you know, you guys were going to live here and save your money and get a house. And, but he was like, it's not going to be that much because we're only going to stay in the van. And that was my only concern. 
I thought they were. I thought he wanted to save money for a house. I was a little disappointed, but he's like, it's not going to cost that much. And we have the van. So it's there's a lot of free camping out there. And I just felt better about it. That was my only concern. When you said before they left, do you mean before they left your home in early June of 2021? Well, that's right. I guess I did have an idea that he would be going longer than the graduation. I think I suspected he was going longer than the graduation, although he didn't come right out and say it. Because he was fixing up the van. I had a feeling. First, I thought he was fixing up the van just to do weekend trips. But between the storage and fixing up the van, I thought he was going longer. And right before he left, I just thought he was going for another trip like he did before. And it might be long, but I didn't know for sure. It's foggy. I'm sorry. My that time is just two years ago and it's a little foggy and I'm having trouble with my but I think it's right. I think I got it right. Have you ever been diagnosed with memory issues, ma'am? No. Or cognitive issues? It's not a memory issue. It's just that it was two years ago. And so much has happened, and I'm trying to remember exactly. When you said they modified the van, can you tell me what they did? I remember looking in it once when he was working on it, and it looked like there was a platform. There was some shelves coming down. They were making it so that they could do, so they could camp in it. A little shelf for a table and a platform. And, you know, they put a little rug in it and made it comfortable. Was there a mattress in the van? I did see one. Did you or your husband assist in any way with the work that was done on the van? No, I don't think so. I think, well... He used my husband's tools and everything in the garage, but if I remember your testimony correctly, and please tell me if I'm wrong, they left in June, early June. You didn't talk to Brian until you learned they were on a trip out west, correct? I don't remember the first time I talked to Brian once they left. I just can't recall. And how often after that would you speak with him? Not much at all. They were on a trip. I wasn't hearing from him. I would ask my daughter if she heard from him. And we, I don't know. I just assumed they didn't have any cell service. Why didn't you try to call him? I think I did. I'm sure I must have texted or called. Do you know if your husband spoke with him? Yeah, I believe they spoke on Father's Day. And I think there were other times that we spoke. It was just, we didn't speak a lot. He was on a trip. At any time, did you become aware of any incidents between Brian and Gabby? No. In particular, on August 12th, there was an incident at Moab where the police were contacted. When did you learn about that? When it was on TV after, whenever it had televised on TV after. I guess that was September or October of 2021. Whenever they put it on TV. So they were watching TV. They were watching the coverage. So Brian never contacted you about that incident. No. Did you ever discuss it with Brian? No. 
because I didn't know about it until after Brian was deceased. He was deceased by the time I saw that on TV. Brian came home on August 17th of 2021, correct? Yes. Why did he come home? I had suggested he empty out the storage unit and save some money. And so he said, great. And he did that. And I don't know if that was his main reason, but that's what I think it was also to visit us and visit his nephews and, you know, empty out his storage unit. How much did the storage unit cost him a month? I don't know. Did he pay for his airline ticket? I don't know. I assume we didn't pay for it. Well, that's fair enough. So, yeah. So, neither you nor your husband paid for it. Right. And your understanding before he flew home on the 17th, did you know he was coming home? Yes. And he told you he was coming home to move things out of the storage unit? Yes. Did he say why? Save some money. Oh, because they were going to be longer than, you know, they originally, I guess, planned. Hmm. Longer than they planned, huh, Roberta? What do you mean? I didn't even know what was originally planned. What do you mean by that? Longer meaning. Well, I guess he thought maybe they would only be gone a little while and store it. I don't know. I can't guess. Maybe he'd only store it for a while. And now I guess they were going to extend their trip. So now he might as well put it back in the home. What did he tell you about extending their trip? That there was, he discovered a place where you can work. Not be paid, but you would get, you would get to keep your van there for free. Camp there. And while you were working for them, you could learn about farming. It was some sort of a farming co-op or I don't know what they called it. But him and Gabrielle were going to work there and learn about farming and be able to park their van for free. And I thought that sounded great and I was excited about that. And where was that? Somewhere out west. You don't know where? No. Did they tell you how long it would be before they got back? Well, they were going to sell, help this farm, these pumpkins and sell them for this farm. And then, you know, after that, it was sort of up in the air, you know, what they would do after that. Did you discuss when Brian was home? Coming home on August 17th during that time frame, did you discuss his relationship with Gabby? No. Did he mention Gabby at all? Not that I recall. No specific um, conversation I can recall. Did you ask about Gabby? Not that I can recall. I think during that trip, we just, I talked on the phone with Gabrielle, but I don't think I said, how's Gabrielle? I think I just asked Gabrielle herself, how are you? How long was Brian home? About a week. Okay. Do you recall the date? When he flew back west? No. Do you recall where he flew into? Salt Lake City, I believe. Okay. Did he stay with you when he came home? Yes. Was your un What was your understanding of the relationship between Brian and Gabby at the point in time when he came home in mid-August? My understanding of the relationship was just that they were still together and still dating. And did he express any concerns about Gabby? No, he didn't tell you about the Moab incident, but
but he did tell you whether or not they were having difficulty getting along. No, he didn't say anything like that. He didn't say anything about arguments between them. No. He said, is it fair to say he said nothing that caused you any concern about their relationship? Yeah, I had no concern. What was his demeanor and attitude when he came home at that point in time? We had a very nice week. He was very happy to see his nephews and sister, and he seemed fine. When he left to go back to Salt Lake City, what was his attitude and demeanor? As I recall, just fine. Nothing specific. Was he excited about going back? Yeah, he was just going back. I don't know. He wasn't excited. He wasn't upset. He was just going back, and I think he was looking forward to his farming in the fall, and everything seemed good. Other than telephone, while he, Brian, was on that trip with Gabby, did you communicate in any other way? Can you say that again? Sure. Other than by telephone, while Brian was on his trip from June through September 1st, 2021. Other than by telephone, did you communicate with him in any other way? Sure. Or wait, I don't recall. I might have emailed him, but that was pretty much either we talked on the phone, texted, but he wasn't much of an emailer. So I would only email him if it was, I erased all the old text. I didn't know it was going to do that. I didn't realize. Oh, wait, hold on. Okay, wait, wait, wait. So I would only email him if it was, I thought he might not look at it for a while. Because I don't know what kind of reception he would even have or if he checked email or so I would either text or call. So for you to for you to email him, that would be unusual. Yeah, I did email him now and then, but not much. We really weren't emailers. And we asked for copies of any email exchanges that you had with him through discovery. Is there a reason why you didn't provide any? I didn't think there were any. And if there were, I'm sure I provided them. Did you look? Yeah, we looked for everything. Yeah, we looked for everything and provided everything. Okay. You said you texted him. Did you keep Did you keep the copies? Strike that. Did you keep the text messages in your phone? Yes. I have I have I don't delete any, but sometimes my phone after a while deletes messages. Do you still have the text messages between you and Brian? No, because when he bought a new phone and I answered his new number, it automatically erased all the old texts. I didn't know it was going to do that. I didn't realize. What? When Brian bought a new phone and she answered his new number, she expects us to believe that it deleted all the old texts? No, it wouldn't. Did you try to recover them? No, I didn't even know you could or how to go about doing that. So your testimony is that after he bought a new phone, it deleted all your texts on your phone from his. Strike that. Your testimony is that when he bought a new phone, all the text communications between Brian and you, which were on your phone, were deleted? Yes, because when I put in the new phone number, I don't know. It just did it. I put a new phone number for in for Brian. And it just, if I had added him as another Brian, like Brian 1, Brian 2. 
guys want one Jennifer or two Jennifers? I probably would have kept it because I added a new phone. It just deleted all the old texts. Your Honor, we have plaintiff's, plaintiff's Exhibit 1 marked for identification. I'm going to hand you what I've marked as Exhibit 1 for today's deposition, which I'll represent to you our phone records that we've received from your cell phone from AT&T. And if you look on the first page, underneath the line across the top, three lines down, it says, voice usage for 3557. That's your cell number, correct? Okay, so I look at the first page and I, I go down four lines. Well, there's a line all the way across the top of this page, right? This, yes, if you go three lines down from that, it says voice usage four. Oh, got it. And that is your phone number. Yes. Okay. Turn, please, to page 15 and let me know when you're there. Oh, I'm there. Okay. There's an item at the top and it has numbers. I want you to look at line 231. Okay. And according to this record, on August 5th of 2021, Brian called you and you spoke for 54 minutes. Oh, August 5th? So we did talk. That was August 5th, 21. Okay. So we talked. That was a pretty long conversation. Do you recall what you and he talked about during that call? Not at all. I guess just catching up. I could guess we were catching up. Turn to page 20, please. And looking at line 316, there's another call on August 14th, 2021. At about 8.55 at night. From you to Brian. That lasted 25 minutes. Do you see that? Yes. August 14th, 25 minutes. I called him. Right. No, he called you. Oh, he called me? Yes. Okay, so do you recall what that call was about? Well, maybe it was for his trip. Maybe if he came on the 17th, so we were probably planning his flight and all that stuff. She just said they didn't buy his flight. And that was two days after the Moab incident, and you didn't discuss the Moab incident with him in that call? No. On that same page, two days after your call with Brian. Looking at line 324 on August 16th of 2021 at one in the morning, you called attorney Bertolino. What? Oh, at one o'clock in the morning? I'm sorry. That's a call to Brian. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah, normally I wouldn't. Do you know why you were calling Brian on August 16th at 1.11 a.m. in the morning? Yeah, I that was that the day I called him? Okay, I think that was. Well, the call didn't go through. To the best of my knowledge, it went to voicemail. Huh? Do you know on August 16th? Yes. I wonder if I dialed when I was sick. I'm not even up at one in the morning. 
I really cannot recall. Are you normally up at that time? No. Okay. And I'm not making phone calls either. Then 7 o'clock that evening, if you look at line, turn to the next page. Line 3. So now we're on page 21. Line 334. You contacted at 706, Attorney Bertolino's office number. I'm sorry. I'm just confused on the date. August 16th, I called him at 330. What? At 7. On August 16th at 706. So we're looking at what line again? I'm sorry. 334. 334, August 16th at 3 in the morning? No, no. August 16th at 7.06 p.m. At 7.06 p.m. on August the 16th? You called Attorney Bertolino's office. I called his office? Mr. Gilbert, can I make a... What time is that? Can I make a point or maybe clarify something with you? The time that is showing on here says UTC. Uh Uh-huh. Which I just had to look up. That means like Googled Greenwich Mean Time. Okay. So, you know, 1 a.m. It wouldn't have been 1 a.m. where she was or where Brian was, I believe. All right. That's not testimony. I just want to make sure. Mr. Riley, whatever UTC time it is, it is. So, yeah. Okay. But do you know why you would have been calling Attorney Bertolino's office at that time? If I was calling, well, I'm sorry, not at that time. Do you know why on August 16th you were calling Attorney Bertolino's office? How long was the call? Maybe I was just talking to one of the secretaries about, I know we had sold a property that he was investing with Chris. So maybe it was, I don't know. Okay, give me a second because I want to convert UTC time to Eastern time. Okay. Mr. Gilbert, tell me what you find. Mr. Bertolino, it's 157 UTC time now. Mr. Riley, right now? So four hours ahead. Okay, so if it's four hours ahead, then a phone call at seven o'clock would have been at three o'clock, okay? Okay, so I mean, I did call the office now and then for other reasons. And I do have a friend that works in the office. And then we did, we do investments with him. So I don't know. I don't remember the reason at all I called him. (laughs) This bitch has an excuse for every stinking thing. And to the extent that we previously talked about times, specific times with regard to your phone calls, the phone calls would actually have been four hours earlier than what we talked about. So when I called him at one in the morning, you would have been calling him at 10 o'clock, nine o'clock, nine o'clock. Okay. I was just calling. Okay. By the way, after Brian and Gabby went on their trip, did you change her mailing address to have everything forwarded to New York? Um, I know she wanted her mail forwarded. I don't remember she did it or I did it, but I know she wanted her mail forwarded. I don't remember. 
Okay. I know she had her mail forwarded. I don't remember if I helped her with it. I would help her with a lot of things because like sometimes she would have trouble with. Like I remember helping her look for a check in her check log. She didn't know how to do it. So I might have helped her do the mail or maybe she asked me to do it. I don't recall. But I do remember she wanted her mail forwarded. All right. Let's turn to page 25, please. And look at page line 399. On August 26th of 2021, at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, you contacted Attorney Bertolino's office again. Do you see that? Yes. Do you know why you contacted his office on that date? August 26th? What was August 26th? No. How long was that call? I don't. Prior to August 28th of 2021, did you have any reason to call Attorney Bertolino regarding your son, Brian? Can you repeat it again? Prior to August 28th of 2021, did you have any reason to call Attorney Bertolino regarding your son, Brian? Not regarding Brian. Okay. And if you look immediately at the next line down, 400 and same date, 826 of 2021 at 336, about a half hour after you called him, there was a call to your phone from his office. Do you see that? On 826? So I called his office at 1707 and they must have called me back at 1736. Yes. Yeah. Again, do you know what that phone call was about? No. I would have to assume it was business related. Okay. Turn to page 26, please, line 411 on August 28th at, it would have been 16. So that would have been 418 in the afternoon. Brian placed a phone call to your phone, correct? Yes. And according to my understanding of the record, that went to voicemail. Okay. And then the same day at 538, Brian called you again and again, it went to voicemail. Do you see that? Yes, I do. And then the same day, August 28th, 2021, at 539, you and Brian had a phone call for seven minutes and 23 seconds. Okay. Do you recall what you spoke about? Yeah, those, those I remember. I saw that he was trying to call me, but I was with my grandson on the beach. So I figured I'd call him tonight or something when I had a chance. And then I guess he finally got a hold of me here. And I said, I'm with blank on the beach. I can't really talk. It's windy. I can't really hear. So he just ended up talking with blank for a while. So it was too windy for her to hear, but he managed to carry on a conversation with his nephew. Okay. Okay. So yesterday your husband said, well, I guess that wasn't the day the stuff hit the fan. I guess it's the next day. So your recollection is at that point, at 523, he was talking to your grandson? Yes. 
and then down at line 418. That would have been a, at about 730. There was another phone call from Brian to you, correct? Yes. And do you recall talking to him? Wait. For 10 minutes and 13 seconds at that time? You know, it's funny. I don't recall. I thought he only talked to blank. But I guess I talked to him that day too a little bit. I didn't remember that. Do you know what you talked about? Probably just telling him about, I don't remember exactly, but probably just how are you doing in the race and okay. And the boys talked about the race and everything. On that same page at line 423, August 29th of 2021, at about 3.20 in the afternoon, there was a phone call placed to your phone from Brian, correct? I see that one. And actually, I wanted to clarify, I just remembered something from the last phone call. I remember saying, I can't really talk long. I'm at the beach, but when I get home tomorrow, we'll talk. Okay. So I did just remember just now that other phone call. Okay. How was, how did Brian sound to you when he called that day? When you said, you know, you couldn't talk and you were on the beach. Fine. Fine. Normal. Do you recall what this phone call was on August 29th at 3.30, 3.20 in the afternoon? Yes. What was that about? I don't remember exactly which call it was. I don't know. But I remember that we had a long, a long talk. I thought we talked for a long time. And it was just, I told him all about our summer, what we were doing, caught him up with the information about the boys told him about the race, told him about the weekend at Daytona. So I do remember that conversation. This is the day that your husband said you had a phone conversation with him when the stuff hit the fan. Yeah, I remember at the very tail end of that conversation with him where everything seemed fine. As we were saying goodbye he all of a sudden completely changed and he sounded upset and his voice was very upset and I didn't know why and I didn't want to push him. So I, we just said goodbye, but it left on a very, he was very upset. And so, you know, when we got off the phone, I told Chris, you know, Brian sounded upset. Maybe you should give him a call. Well, according to the records that I have, your husband didn't talk to Brian until I'll withdraw that. According to the records I have, you spoke with Brian for an extended period of time on the 29th. Looks like it's a total of 54 minutes. Does that sound correct? Maybe that was the call where I said you should call Brian back. Okay. We talked twice that day. Maybe we talked earlier and then talked again later. I don't remember. Well, I think this is just my interpretation of these records. I could be wrong. But if you add up the 3637 and 1751, it totals 5428. So that's why I'm thinking the phone call was, I don't know why they split it up, but that's what I, oh, so it was one. You think it was one call? It was one call. Maybe we got cut out and redialed or something. Okay. I don't know. 
So if you were, if you were on the phone for 55 minutes at that time, which would have been from like 4.30 to 5.30, your husband immediately after that phone call contacted Attorney Bertolino, according to the records I have. Do you know why after you got off the phone or maybe even while you were on the phone with Brian, he contacted Attorney Bertolino? I thought that he called Brian after he got off the phone with me and spoke with Brian or Brian called him. According to the records I have, and I think I reviewed them with your husband yesterday, he called Attorney Bertolino at 4.23 p.m. and didn't call Brian until about 4, about 20 minutes later. Oh, I don't know then. I'm confused. I'm not reading it right. Well, did your did Brian tell you in the conversation he needed a lawyer? No. And you can't explain why either immediately after you were speaking with Brian or during the phone call, your husband called attorney Bertolino. No. I thought he called Brian, huh? I don't know. Did you speak with attorney Bertolino that day? No. Oh, did I? Wait, I don't recall. After that phone call you had with Brian on the 29th, which is the next time, strike that. Your husband testified yesterday that Brian told him that Gabby was gone. Did Brian ever tell you that? No. Okay. How did you find out that Gabby was gone? I guess Chris must have told me after he talked to him. Okay. And what did you understand gone to mean? I wasn't sure. I didn't, I don't even remember what I thought. I just know from the tone of Chris's voice, it was something serious. Okay, your husband described his voice as frantic. Would you agree when you spoke with him, he was frantic? I would just say upset. I don't think he was frantic. He was definitely upset. He didn't, he was very upset. He didn't sound like himself. I knew something was wrong. And you didn't ask him what was wrong. Well, it was as we were saying goodbye. And I didn't want to push him. And I just thought, well, maybe he's just sad to say goodbye. It wasn't until I got off that I thought, no, he sounded more than just sad. You had a good relationship with your son. No response. Yes. Yes. You knew he was upset. Yes. Yes. But you just said goodbye. Yeah, I thought he was sad to say goodbye. And I don't like to. I figured if he has anything he wants to talk about, he could talk about it. I don't like to push people and say, what's wrong? What's wrong? We were saying goodbye and it was just the tail end of the conversation. Okay, so you knew he was upset. Yes. Your husband told you Gabby was gone, correct? Yes. Phone calls were made to attorney Bertolino, correct? Right. Why would you make a phone call to attorney Bertolino if you didn't know what gone meant? Well, Chris had told me Brian wanted him to call a lawyer. And you didn't say why? I think that's when Chris was telling me that Brian said, Gabby's gone. Please get a lawyer. Okay, so if Gabby's gone, please call a lawyer. 
doesn't that say to you she's dead? I didn't know what to think. I don't remember if that crossed my mind or if I was just so nervous. I just thought he was in some kind of trouble. I didn't know. What other possible explanation could there be for she's gone? Please call a lawyer. A lot of things ran through my head. Possibly they got in a fight and, you know, she's going to press charges against him or something. I didn't know. Well, did you? I thought, did you ask? Well, I, I, I didn't call Brian after that. I don't know if we talked again that day. Your son's upset. Your husband says Gabby's gone. Your husband calls a lawyer. You call a lawyer and you never call your son back immediately and say what's going on. What's happening? I think I spoke to him finally later in the day. I think. I thought I called him back that night, but you know, it was two years ago and I don't remember exactly, but I did call him back later that night. But by that point, I think our attorney had said, just don't talk to him about anything. He'll talk to Brian. Can you tell me any possible option based on the circumstances as you knew them on August 29th? Your son's upset. His conversation with your husband. Gabby's gone. Call a lawyer. Any other possible explanation other than she was dead? Objection. Asked and answered. That's what I was going to say. But you can answer it. Oh, a lot of things crossed my mind. And one of them was that maybe they got in a fight. And maybe she's going to press charges against him for maybe he hit her or something. Which that one, which that was one that ran through my mind. A lot of things went through my mind of what do you need a lawyer for? But but the fact that maybe he murdered her went through your mind, didn't it? I don't know if I even wanted to. I think I was so panicky. I thought. I might have gone through, it might have gone through my mind. I can't recall what I was thinking at the time. Well, from the time that you had that conversation on August 29th until September 1st, did it go through your mind that your son may have murdered Gabby? I can't recall. Something as significant as your son committing a murder, which you now know he did. You can't recall if you remember thinking that back in August or September of 2021. Objection. She's answered that already. But you can answer it. I don't remember all the thoughts I thought. I was panicking and thinking a lot of thoughts. And it's hard to think back of a time with new information, what you thought at the time, but it probably it probably went through my mind. Boom. There you go. Can you tell me back in August, on August 29th, that the thought of Brian murdering Gabby didn't go through your head? I can't remember specifically it went through. What went through my head? When Brian came home, we'll strike that. How did it end up that Brian came home? But I can't recall with the records. But I thought that that night he called back and said, I'm driving home. Who did he speak with? Me. On August 29th? I thought so, but now, well, my memory, I guess I could be wrong. But I thought that night, unless it was the next night, but I thought that night he said he was driving home. According to the phone records I reviewed, at 4.37 in the afternoon on August 29th, you had no further telephone conversations with your son on that day. Oh, okay. 
You tried to call him at 712 and left a voicemail message or maybe left a voicemail. You tried to call and didn't connect with him. Okay. And if you'll turn to page 27, line 432 on August 30th, he tried to call you at 807. So I'm guessing that would have been probably the 29th. He tried to call you, but it went to voicemail. Okay. On that same date at 813, which I think would be August 29th, he tried to call you again, but the call didn't go through. It was unanswered. Okay. And perhaps you did speak with him. Hold on a second. At line 439 on August 30th, August 29th, excuse me, at what would have been 1038 at night, there's a 22-minute phone call with him. Is that when you recall having the phone call with him? Yeah. I remember it was before I was going to bed. And I think Chris was already asleep. And I remember he said he was going to, he was driving home. Your husband was already asleep at that point after getting a call from your son that Gabby was gone. He was frantic. Call a lawyer. Was all that the same day? Yes. Well, it was a long weekend. We'd been away. We'd been at the beach with the kids and the race. And he falls asleep early. What did you speak with Brian about on August 29th at 10 o'clock? That was when he said he was driving home. And in that conversation with him, did you ask him any details about Gabby being gone? No. Why not? I don't know. I guess I was nervous, upset, tired. I think at that point, Stephen had already said, don't talk about anything. I don't remember. Well, this is, I don't, this is a girl you told me you loved. Someone you loved. Someone who was going to become part of your family. And you asked no questions about her of your son when you learned that she was gone, correct? Correct. Weren't you concerned about her? I was, but I think I was, it was my son. I was concerned for my son. What were you concerned about your son? He was driving home. He was upset. I knew he wanted Chris to call a lawyer. And I know things were, so I, I think I was just telling him, you know, if you're coming home, I don't remember what we talked about. I just remember he said he was coming home and I didn't, I didn't ask him anything. If Gabby had just walked off on her own, would you have told your son to drive home in her van with all her stuff in it? No, I didn't tell him to drive home. He just said he was on his way home. And I thought, really? It really is Brian's van. Maybe her parents would pick her up or come get her. I don't know. Well, you told me the title, that you saw the title was in Gabby's name. So why would you think the, it was Brian's van? Because I believed he paid for it. He worked on it. I believed it was his. And I think it was just a nice gesture that he put it in her name. I knew that she couldn't afford a car. Wait, I knew that she couldn't afford to pay for her or didn't want to pay for her. She was leasing a car and she didn't want, and Brian was paying for the lease. And she finally drove home and left the car at her parents' house. And so I think he just wanted to put the van in her name to be nice. But I don't remember her ever driving it even. 
So when you learned your son was on the way back, you didn't say to him, wait a minute, what about Gabby? You have all her belongings in the van. You can't just leave her there. Well, oh, I just figured, you know, it was his van. And I know when my daughter broke up with her boyfriend, they divided the belongings later. Sometimes, you know, did your, did your daughter kill her boyfriend? I never asked. You never asked? They broke up. And I never asked my daughter why they broke up. I mean, you know, when people break up, I don't ask the details. Did you have any concerns that the young lady that you loved, who you described as sweet, loving, friendly, someone who was going to be your daughter-in-law, part of your family, she lived with you. Did you have any concerns that her body might be laying out there somewhere unprotected? No, I didn't think that. But I was concerned for her well-being because I cared about her. But my son's driving home and I'm nervous for him and... Oh, you're concerned for her well-being. So what did you do about her well-being? Well, just, you know, Gabrielle. I thought she always was. She could take care of herself. And I was just concerned about my son at the time. And I just figured maybe her parents could come get her. Or she would. Last time he left her in a hotel. Maybe, you know. How would her parents come and get her? Like they could drive out or fly out? And where would they go? Well, I don't know. Wherever she was. Where was she? Out west on their vacation, their trip. Where in particular? Actually, you know, I don't. I didn't really follow, keep track of where they were on their vacation. You had Gabby's phone number, didn't you? Yes. You're concerned about her well-being. Did you try to call her? No. Did you see Brian bringing things? Wait. Did you try to call her? No. Did you text her? No. Did you take any effort to try to communicate with her and see if she was okay? Well, no, because I was just concerned about my son and I don't know. You were concerned about your son? Yeah, because you knew he murdered Gabby, right? No. Objection. You can answer. No, just because I was concerned that he was upset and I knew he needed a lawyer. And I hope not. I mean, I just, it was a terrible thing and I hope not. So Brian gets home September 1st in Gabby's van, correct? Yes. And all of Gabby's stuff was in the van, correct? I don't know what was in the van. You never looked inside the van? No. Did you see Brian bringing things in the house? Not, I think so. I think I recall him bringing stuff in. Was it some of Gabby's stuff? I didn't look at what he was bringing in. You know that eventually her stuff was found inside your house, correct? Yes, including her laptop. Oh, I don't remember what they found. They gave me a list of things they took, but I don't remember if her laptop was on there. Okay, so when Brian gets home, you expressed your concern about Gabby. Did you ask him about Gabby? No. I think by that time, my attorney advised me to just not talk about anything. So I gave him something to eat and we didn't talk about anything. As a mother, as someone who loved Gabby, despite what your lawyer said, you didn't ask any questions of your son? 
Objection to the form. You can answer. Okay, but that's what Stephen told us to do, and that's just what I did. Okay, so you could write her off that easily. Objection. I wasn't writing her off. Why didn't you contact Joe Petito and Nicole Schmidt? Objection. It's been asked and answered. I never, ans I never asked her that question. Well, just my attorney told me not to talk to anybody, so I just didn't talk to anybody. Had you met Nicole Schmidt before? Yes. On how many occasions? Once, twice. Had you ever met Joe Petito? Never. Did Nicole Schmidt, after September 1st, ever try to contact you by phone? After September 1st, yes. Did you answer the call? No. Okay, because of your attorney's advice? Yes. Did she send you a text? Yes. Did you answer the test? No. Because of your attorney's advice? Yes. Did you block her phone? No. Okay. Did she reach out to you through Facebook Messenger? I don't know. I wasn't really, no, not that I know of. I wasn't really on Facebook. Did you and Brian ever communicate through Facebook Messenger? I don't believe so, no. And I don't even know if he had a Facebook, unless it was like in high school. Since August 29th of 2021, have you ever reached out to Joseph Petito or Nicole Schmidt? No. When Brian came home, what did you do? What did the three of you do? You, Brian, and your husband. We mostly stayed home, prepared meals, went out to dinner, I think, once or twice, and watched TV. Not much. You went on vacation, didn't you? Oh, yes, yes. We went overnight to Fort DeSoto because we had reservations. We had just bought a camper and we wanted to test it out. <clears throat> your life went on as normal well we did we did normal things yes how could you go on a vacation knowing that Gabby was gone while the Petito family was looking for her object to the form we had just planned to go and test out the camper overnight and we were just doing our regular things I didn't and I don't know but don't you remember guys they had that trip planned Well, you had a reservation for Fort DeSoto for a different time, hadn't you? I believe it was the same weekend, but maybe a longer time frame. Let's take a break. They took a 10-minute break. Mrs. Laundry, at some point, Brian left your house, and I think your husband testified yesterday that it was September 13th. Does that sound correct? Yes. By the way, does Mr. Bertolino still represent you and your husband? I believe so, yes. For what? Without going into details, anything related to this case? I always think of him my attorney for everything. But so, yeah, for this case. Okay. I guess, yeah, that's why he's here, right? So when Brian left, what was his demeanor? When he left that morning to go hiking, he was just going hiking. You knew he was leaving to go hiking? Yes. Attorney Bertolino has stated on several occasions that Brian was grieving when he left. Was he grieving? I didn't see him as grieving. I wouldn't use the word 
grieving? I don't know. He was, I guess, worried and concerned. And I know he was talking to Stephen on the phone. But we tried to keep things. Stephen Bertolino told us, just keep him close and keep him calm. And that's what we did. Did you ever see him grieving as he returned September 1st? I don't know if I, I don't know what he was thinking or feeling. He was your son, right? Yes. Yes. And you never discussed what happened out in Wyoming with him? No. Did attorney Bertolino tell you why you shouldn't discuss it with him? No. He just told us to keep him safe, keep him close, and don't talk to him about anything. He was representing Brian. That was his. Brian was Stephen's client, and that was it. We just stayed in the background, kept him safe, and kept him close. They didn't keep him too close. Did Mr. Bertolino tell you not to speak with Brian about what happened out in Wyoming so that you wouldn't know whether he did or didn't murder Gabby? Objection to the form, but you can answer. I don't know why Stephen gave us the advice he gave us. It's just what he gave us. Well, as a mother, you have a natural instinct to want to speak with your child if he's hurting, don't you? Yes. Did you have that natural instinct with Brian when he came home after September 1st? Well, not to talk to him and pump him for questions, but certainly to love him and feed him and hug him. And you know, Give him lots of love and keep him safe and close. So you didn't, as our attorney advised us. Sorry, are you finished? Yes. So you didn't want to know what was making him so upset. Well, I just followed Stephen's advice and I, you know, left. I tried not to. I left him be. So you put your motherly instinct aside and followed an attorney's advice? Well, I think it was my motherly instinct to follow the attorney's advice to do what was best for my son. And that's what I was doing. Were you concerned your son was going to go to prison? At that time, I don't remember if that thought crossed my mind. Well, that would be pretty traumatic, wouldn't it? My son going to prison? Yeah. Yes. And if you can't remember if back in September of 2021, the thought of your son going to prison ever crossed your mind. I don't remember. I had lots of worries and I don't remember every thought or worry specifically. What were your worries? That Brian would be okay. Okay about what? Whatever the issue was that he had to deal with with Stephen and Gabrielle and that it would end well. That was my hope. And what did you think maybe that issue was? I wasn't sure. And I didn't want to ask and because I was told not to ask. And so I just kept Brian close, kept him home and safe. And I didn't talk to him about anything and hoped for the best. So on August 29th, you learned from Brian that Gabby's gone, correct? Yes. And did you think maybe she just walked off somewhere? That was another thought that I thought, yeah, So on August 29th, you learned from Brian that Gabby's gone, correct? Yes. 
And did you think maybe she just walked off? That was another thought I thought, yeah. Had she ever done that before? She would often wouldn't come home at night or would disappear. She wouldn't come home at night or would disappear like I was having a family dinner party and she didn't show up for it. And it turned out she was in New York, but hadn't mentioned it. And so, no, I really didn't keep track of her. She was independent. So what periods of time would she disappear for? Sometimes she'd go out at night and we didn't know where she was until four o'clock in the morning. But she's not our daughter. I'm not going to tell her she can't go out at night. And sometimes she would, for instance, we were going to have a holiday and I, she knew I shopped and cooked and the recipes she liked and planned a recipe. And then she just wasn't there. And I thought, oh, she's not going to be here for Easter. And it just turned out she'd gone back to New York. So, you know, she wasn't mine to. If it was my daughter, I would have said, why didn't you tell me you weren't going to be here for Easter? Or, you should be here for Easter. But she wasn't my daughter. She's allowed to come and go as she pleases. And I'm not going to. It's different when you live with your daughter. This is just the girlfriend of my son. It's not my place to, you know. She's allowed to come and go as she pleases. What was the longest time she disappeared for? Well, I guess she went back to... I guess she went back for Easter. I didn't even know if she was coming back. I don't know how many days that was. Okay. Did it turn into weeks? No, probably not. Okay. So there came a point when Gabby was gone for a longer period than she's ever been gone before, right? Well, maybe they broke up. I don't know. But that probably was the longest period, yes. And had there been a time when Gabby left for a period of time and Brian was upset and frantic and asked for a lawyer? No. Yesterday, your husband said at some point a $25,000 retainer was given to attorney Bertolino. Do you remember him saying that? Yes. Do you remember when that was that that check was given? Early September, but I don't have the exact date. Brian arrives home September 1st. How soon after that is the check issued to attorney Bertolino? Probably that very day. Okay. So when attorney Bertolino said in the press he wasn't retained until September 11th, that is not correct, correct? Well, I don't believe that check was to return Mr. Ber- to retain Mr. Bertolino. Why were you giving Mr. Bertolino $25,000? He was going to retain lawyers out west in case Brian needed help out west. What would Brian have needed help out west with? I don't know. That was between Brian and his attorney, and I didn't get involved. Okay, so you wrote a check for $25,000, or your husband wrote a check for $25,000 to attorney Bertolino and didn't ask what it was for? Well, we did it to retain attorneys out west for Brian on Brian's behalf. Was any part of that 25000 for attorney Bertolino? 
I really don't know what he does with his funds, but it was my understanding that it was for the attorneys out West, but you'd have to ask Mr. Bertolino. Well, you're the one that retained him, you and your husband, right? Right. Can you tell me what you retained attorney Bertolino for? Later, we retained attorney Bertolino to defend us against the plaintiffs, Petito and Schmidt versus me and my husband. Yesterday, your husband testified that when he sent that $25,000 check, it was to represent you and he and your son. Do you remember him saying that? I do. Okay. Is he incorrect? Yeah, it was my, I don't know if he's incorrect, but it was my understanding. We might just have different, mis, different understandings, but it was my understanding that it was to retain the attorneys out West. Okay. Do you have any reason to believe you were in need of an attorney when that retainer was sent to attorney Bertolino? No. Okay. To your knowledge, were you ever the subject of a criminal investigation? Was I ever? I believe so. Yes. When? Well, sometimes, sometime after, well, Brian was missing my, while Brian was missing, my attorney informed me that the FBI wanted to question me. So if that's considered an investigation, then yes. Questioned you about what? I guess if I knew where Brian was or I don't know they, what they wanted to question me about. I think they said something about they had something electronic that I had done or they had. I'm assuming it was what they wanted. I think Mr. Bertolino told me they wanted to question me if I knew where Brian was. Okay. That's my understanding. Okay, now they take another recess. Did anyone ever tell you that you were being investigated for you having committed a crime? No, I think they just wanted to question me. Now I'm not sure of the distinction. I don't know if they are investigating me for a crime or if they just wanted to question me on the whereabouts of Brian. I think it was they wanted to maybe charge me with something or they thought they could. I don't know. I'm unclear on that. Well, did you ever have a conversation with Bertolino about you being investigated for committing a crime? Yes. When? When Brian was missing and he said the FBI wanted to talk to me about something electronic they thought I had done. So I guess that was a crime. Yes. Did you know what it was electronic they think you did? The only thing I could think of was possibly when I accompanied Brian to the cell phone store. Maybe they thought that was wrong. But I don't see how keeping company at the cell phone store was wrong. And that's all I could think of. So Brian left on the 13th, correct? Yes. When did you report him missing? That, that night, the 13th? Yes. Okay. And when was it that attorney Bertolino told you that the FBI wanted to speak with you? I don't recall. Was it the next day, the same day, days later? I have no recollection. Sometime in that, before we found Brian, were any charges ever filed against you or your husband? No. Plaintiff's Exhibit 3, marked for identification. I'm going to show you what's been marked as Exhibit 3 for your deposition here today. Can I clarify a question from a while ago that I was just thinking about? Sure. Sure. 
I'm going to show you what's been marked as Exhibit E3 for your deposition. Can I clarify a question from a while ago that I was just thinking about? When you asked about our camping trip, I just wanted to make it clear that we checked with Mr. Bertolino before we went camping. So I didn't want you to think we were going, we were just going about. You know, I checked to make sure that that was okay. And he said, just do what you would normally do. And we were normally going camping. So that's why we went. Why did you check with him to see if that would be okay? Because we weren't sure if. He said, keep him close and keep him. And we just wanted to make sure that would be okay. Thank you, loves what he. Yes, the workers are still next door. <laughs> okay. Taking a look at what has been marked as Exhibit 3, do you recognize that? Yes. That's Mr. Bertolino's statement of September 14th of 2021. Yes. And he was speaking on your behalf, was he not? Yes. Okay. And did you review this statement before he released it? I don't recall, but I'm sure we approved all the statements Stephen made, so we must have. Okay, so you approved this statement before it was released. I don't specifically remember, but I'm sure I did. What was the purpose of releasing this statement? Here we get to um, the people out front. Oh, there was so much. There were people outside our doors, banging on our doors, banging on our windows, sending us death threats. Who fucking banged on their windows? No one banged on their windows. I watched this thing 24-7. It was, I think the purpose was sort of just to calm the public down so that we'd know we did extend our best wishes to the Petitos because the people were screaming that we were horrible things it is, that we felt this would calm them down so that they would know no, we, we do care. And we, we were hoping it would calm the public. It was a very scary time. We couldn't leave the house. It was frightening. Did it calm the public down? No. What about this statement led you to believe it might calm the public down? That we did care. And they were demanding a statement from us. And we just felt we should give them a statement if they're demanding a statement from us or it could get even worse. Why at this time? I don't remember why at this time. It was the 14th. So Brian had disappeared. And that's when the media started to pressure us and get very ugly. And not just the media, but all kinds of crazy people. They may be crazy, but at least they ain't in love and they're with their own kid, Roberta. Roberta, fuck directly off. The statement says it's an extremely difficult time for both the Petito family and the laundry family. Yes. How was it difficult for the laundry family? Well, we didn't know where Brian was and he was missing. And I think by the time we had people screaming outside the door, it was just a difficult time. Was it unusual for Brian to go off on his own for a period of time? Oh, he always hiked, right? 
I mean hiking. Or I mean hiking, yes. And it wasn't unusual for him to go away for days at a time. Well, yeah, he would go on those long trips with Gabrielle and, you know. So when did you become concerned on the evening of the 13th when he didn't return home? Because he said he was coming home. He said, see you later. And so when he didn't come home for dinner, you know, we were concerned. If Brian was missing, why wasn't that included in the statement asking for help locating Brian? I didn't, I don't think, I don't know. I'm sure he left that morning. I guess we just hoped he'd come back later that day or the next day. I mean, every day we we hoped he'd come back. But you said you reported it to police on the 13th. Right. Well, the day he left, which I think was the 13th. Right. And this was, oh, not the police. No, we reported it to the FBI. And they had a liaison. And I just assumed they, the Northport Police Department and the FBI Police Department, had a liaison. So I assumed if we were reporting it to the FBI, they're going to report it, you know, they're going to share their information. Are you certain you reported it to the FBI on the night of the 13th? Yes. Okay. Not me personally, Brian's attorney. Mr. Bertolino? Yes. So you were concerned enough about him being missing on the 13th that you called attorney Bertolino and he called the FBI? Yes. But it's not included in this statement. Asking for help locating Brian is not included in this statement. No, because I didn't think we needed help looking for him. We just wanted to let the FBI know he hadn't come home and I was worried about him. But I don't think I was worried enough to alert the media and I was just worried about him. The next paragraph says, it's our understanding that a search has been organized for Miss Petito in or near Grand Teton National Park in Wyoming. How did you learn that? Oh, I guess on the news or was it? It must have been on the news. And when it says our, and you approve this statement, did you understand that our, meaning you, your husband, and Mr. Berlino? I probably didn't read it so closely to recognize the word our, but I'm assuming it was on. Yes, I'm sure we were all concerned. We were all concerned about Gabrielle, me, Stephen, and Chris. Okay. Was Brian in Grand Teton National Park before he came home? You know, I really don't know the area and I don't know where they were. So I don't know. I don't even know Grand Teton National Park. I know where they were camping. I don't know where they were camping or I didn't. It goes on to state, on behalf of the Laundry family, it is our hope that the search for Miss Petito is successful. Yes. And that Miss Petito is re reunited with her family. Yes. Did I read that correctly? Yes. This was issued 16 or 17 days after you learned that Gabby was gone. Quote, unquote, gone. Correct? Yes. What did you, what did you have at that time? What did you hope? 
Oh, wait, hang on. What hope did you have at that time that the search for Miss Petito was going to be successful? We hoped for the best. We hoped that they would find her and she would be fine. And that was our hope. We hoped for the best and we sincerely hoped for the best. And we wanted to extend that to the Petito Schmidt family. What led you to believe that she might be reunited with her family? Well, nothing led me to believe. I just hoped it. They were looking for her. So, well, you pretty much knew she was dead at that time, didn't you? No, I hope for the best. We planned for the worst in case. We got Brian a lawyer, but we certainly hoped for the best. Okay. Well, let's put September 14th, 2021 in perspective. 16 or 17 days prior to the time you spoke with your son and he was upset, correct? Yes. You learned from your husband that he told your he, he told your husband Gabby was gone, correct? Correct. And that whatever occurred, your son needed a lawyer, correct? Yes. And this is now 17 days later. Brian didn't hear from Gabby, did he? Not that I know of. You didn't hear from Gabby, did you? No. There was all kinds of news reports that the family was begging for help looking for Gabby. Wasn't there finding Gabby? Yes. Okay. With all that in perspective, what led you to believe she might be alive? I just had hope. I've heard stories where, you know, people are looking for their daughter and they find her much later. So I just never wanted to give up hope. Did you wonder why after you gave $25,000 to attorney Bertolino, why your son needed a lawyer? Yes, we, yeah, yes. Okay, what was your thought about that? He must have done something or something must have happened that he could get in trouble for. And whatever it was, we wanted to get a lawyer for him. Your husband testified yesterday that when Brian called on August 29th, he was in Jackson, Wyoming. Right? Were you aware of that? I think he told me when he got, well, I wasn't, Brian didn't tell me that, but I, I don't know when I first heard the word Jackson. Maybe when Chris said to me when I got off the phone or with Steven, but I don't even know where Jackson is. Did you ever consider that this statement might be upsetting to Joe Petito and Nicole Smith? Schmidt. No, not at all. No. Did you ever consider it was giving them false hope that their daughter was still alive? I had hoped she was alive and I wasn't giving false hope. I didn't know that she, I didn't know until I heard it on the news that she was gone. I had hope also. I heard it on the news that she was gone. Chris said, Gabby's gone. He needs a lawyer. But she just said, I didn't know that she, I didn't know until I heard it on the news that she was gone. I had hope also. Well, you had hope, but you knew Brian told you she was gone. He needed a lawyer and no one had heard from her for a long time, right? Yeah. Okay, so you realized there was a likelihood she was deceased, correct? I don't know if I thought there was a likelihood. I just hoped she'd be all right. I never imagined it would end like this. You knew when this statement was issued she wasn't going to be reunited alive with her family. Isn't that correct? No, I didn't know. I didn't know Gabrielle was gone until I heard it on the news. 
On September 16th, the Northport police announced that they knew exactly where Brian was. Yes. Do you recall that? Yes. Did you call and ask them where he was? Remember, Northport said, we know where Brian is because they mistaked his mother for him. No, I didn't call and ask where he was. I was just relieved that they knew where he was. I was very happy when I knew they knew where he was. Well, you were desperate to know where he was, weren't you? Yeah, I wanted to know where my son was. And yeah, if someone knew where he was, wouldn't you want to know that? Yeah, but as long as the police knew where he was, I was like relieved. I said, okay, good. I guess eventually the police will bring him back home or I'll get to visit him. I was, you know, I didn't need to know exactly where he was. The police knew where he was and I was like, good, they've got him. You'd get to visit him where? Wherever the police had him. I mean, they said we have, we know where Brian is. So I said, great, I'll get to see him wherever he is. Thanks. Did you expect to see him in jail? Actually, I really didn't think about that. They just said they knew where he was. And that would be at their headquarters. I mean, I don't know. Where else would he be if he wasn't in my house? Jail. And the police knew where he was? Did you think maybe jail? I don't know. Maybe. I just, the police had him. So I don't know where they put people when they have them. And I was just happy that they knew where he was. Roberta. Let me show you what's been marked as exhibit four. It meant he was okay and all that. Have you seen exhibit before, four before? Yes. Okay. Exhibit four is a letter. <laughs> Down at the bottom, it says September 15th of 2021. It's a letter addressed to you on the stationery of attorney Richard B. Stafford with typed signatures of Jim Schmidt, Nicole Schmidt, Joe Petito, and Tara Petito. Correct? Yes. Did you ever see this before? Yes. When did you see it? I believe I saw it in the media. Okay. Around September 16th. I don't recall the date, but around the time it came out in the media. What'd you do after you read it? Um, I guess I don't remember. Maybe we called our lawyer. I don't know. Did you ever respond to it? No. Why not? Our attorney advised us not to speak to anybody. Okay. Did this letter have any impact upon you whatsoever? Yes. What impact did it have upon you? I felt very bad. I, you know, I was worried too and I felt bad for them, but I was following my attorney's advice. So yes, it did have an effect on me, but in hindsight, do you think your attorney's advice to stay silent was very good? Oh, I don't know. In hindsight, was it good? I don't know. I can't foresee what might have happened if we'd taken a different path. Did you ever consider we might not be here today had you spoken to the Petito family? I don't know. I didn't really. I never thought about that. 
Let me show you what's marked as Exhibit 5. Exhibit 5 is a text message that Attorney Bertolino sent to Josie Carbonet at PF25. I believe that's a station on the East Coast, and the text message says, quote, The news about Gabby Petito is heartbreaking. The Laundry family prays for Gabby and her family. Did I read that correctly? Yes. And that was sent on September 19th of 2021. Did you know that text message was going to go out? I don't remember if I knew. I know we usually, Stephen usually discusses any statements he made, so I don't remember if I knew about it after or before, but I do recognize it. Do you know why it was sent out? Well, that must have been when they found Gabrielle, if this was the 19th. It must have been that Gabrielle's death must have been on the news that day. Yeah, September 19th, I remember. That was the day it was on the news that Gabrielle had passed. How was the news heartbreaking to the Laundry family? Oh, it was heartbreaking in so many ways. Just to know Gabrielle was gone, and it was just heartbreaking. So, it wasn't heartbreaking before that? Well, well, I didn't know she was gone until it was on the news. And then that's when it was the very heartbreaking. Well, the words that your husband told you on August 29th is that she was gone. Right? Right. That was concerning, but heartbreaking. Our hearts were broken when we found out Gabrielle was gone, deceased. So she says gone again, and then she says deceased. So almost like gone means deceased to her. So when you found out she was gone, did you reach out to Joe Petito and Nicole Schmidt? So when you found out she was gone, did you reach out to Joe Petito and Nicole Schmidt? No. Why not? We just kept following our attorney's advice not to speak to anybody. I'm going to show you what's been marked as plaintiff's, plaintiff's Exhibit 8. That's an email from you to Brian, is it not? Yes. And the date of that email is August 29th of 2021, correct? Yes. And that's the date you learned Gabby was gone. Oh, let me just read it. I don't, I don't remember seeing this. This is the date I learned Gabby was gone? Okay. Uh, yeah, I remember this. We were, yes. I, this is August 29th. I thought I was at the race that day. Maybe I had come home. August 29th was a Sunday. That was the day. So I was home by Sunday. Yeah. Okay. Why would you on the date that you learned your son needed a lawyer and he was frantic that Gabby was gone, why would you send an email about t-shirts? You know, I don't know. This is at 117. And I guess I talked to Brian later and at 117, I was just Googling t-shirts. I must have spoken to Brian later. I don't remember what the call was. T-shirts? Roberta. Why would you mention 
using Gabby's Tide Stick to get something out of a stain out of a shirt. Why would you mention using Gabby's Tide Stick to get something out of a stain out of a shirt? Because she was just so funny with her Tide Sticks. It was a joke because she just loved if you had a stain, she'd whip out her Tide Stick. And she gave everybody a Tide Stick. And so that was my little joke and that it was funny. My husband stained his t-shirt and that was my little joke. We should try one of Gab's Tide Sticks. She loved her Tide Sticks. I think she bought them in cases and gave them out to people. This lady's a bitch. You told me you rarely sent emails to your son. So why this email on this date about a stain in the shirt? I know it's such a coincidence. I don't know. I guess I was looking for t-shirts for my husband. I remember looking for t-shirts for my husband. And as a matter of fact, I don't remember this email, but recently when the FBI released to you all our emails, this one came up and I thought, oh, I forgot all about that one and I didn't see the email. All I had was the pictures that I sent. And I remembered looking up pictures of t-shirts, debating on maybe why I should spend money on a shirt when it would be more special if Brian drew it. Excuse me why I while I puke. Because I had gotten for the previous birthday or Father's Day, I got my husband a t-shirt with his favorite car and he stained it with ice cream. Were you telling Brian how to get a blood stain out of the t-shirt? No. So it's a coincidence. It was sent at the same same day. He told you he murdered that Gabby was gone. Yes. Let me show you what I've marked as plaintiff's exhibit six. Do you recognize this? Yes. This is what's been referred to in the press as the burn after reading letter. Yes. When was this? You would agree this letter is undated, correct? Correct. And the first page of it has a bird drawn on it, correct? Yes, well, not drawn. Was this card some stationery you had? Stationery, yeah, I made, but it wasn't drawn. What do you mean you made it? Well, I went to Hobby Lobby and I bought some blank cards and I rubber stamped them. So you had the stamp of a bird? Yes. Is there some significance about this bird? Nope. I have a frog, bird, and chicken. Okay. And the handwriting that's on the first page. Remember. Is that your handwriting? Yes. And why did you write remember on the front? It was remember dot 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 that I'll always love you. And so if you open it up, it's all about how I'll always love him. So it was like, remember, I'll always love you. Okay, is there a reason it's not dated? I just didn't think to date it. I don't date notes. I don't always date notes. When did you write it? Before he was leaving for his, him and Gab's trip in May of 21. Why did you write it then? Because I think I thought he might be going away a little longer than I, you know, 
I knew he was going away and I knew I was going to miss him. And I just wanted to make sure he knew I loved him. And even though he was going away and I was, you know, I was disappointed, you know, but it didn't matter. It was okay because we'd gotten in that little thing about, I thought you were going to live here and save your money. So I didn't want him to think I was disappointed in him or I didn't love him. So whatever he decided to do, I would always, always, always love him. Creeped out. So this was written after he told you that they were going on a trip. Yeah, like right before they left, like just a few days. But your understanding of that trip, I think, according to your testimony, is that they were just going up to New York. Yeah, they told me they were going up to New York, but I guess from seeing them empty the storage unit, I was kind of beginning to suspect that they were going to be gone longer. Did you and he have a disagreement over him leaving? No, not a disagreement. But I did express that I was disappointed. I thought he was. I had waited for us to move in together. After I went back to New York, I couldn't wait until we could all live together, which I know is silly. He's a grown-up boy, but I thought he would live with us for a while and, you know, save his money and work and put it away. I thought he wanted to buy a house. So I expressed I was disappointed. But he's a grown boy and he can do what he wants. And so a tiny, you know, I just thought maybe we were growing apart. And we were growing apart because he's growing up. He's not a little boy anymore. Did you write this letter because you were concerned that he didn't know you loved him? Well, I thought he might be concerned since I was disappointed. And he might think, yeah, I don't love him. But no, I mean, I really didn't think he, I just wanted to reassure him that I loved him no matter what. No matter if he moved away. he decided to stay out west, if he, whatever he did, if he didn't buy a house and decided to do something else, I don't know. Whatever he did, I would always love him. Why did you write burn after reading on it? Well, that was, Gabby had bought Brian a book and it was called burn after writing. And it was how you could put your deepest thoughts down. And if they were embarrassing, you didn't want anyone else to read them. The advice on the book was just to burn it. So it was a little joke that I knew he would get. He would know what I was referring to. And I did want him to get rid of it. Not burn it, but throw it out so nobody read it. It's an embarrassing note. But it says burn after reading, not burn after writing. Yeah, because I, it's kind of the same thing because I knew he'd be reading it. I wrote it, you know, but I knew he'd be reading it. So after you read it, burn it. Well, you know, that's what someone writes on a letter when they don't want it to be discovered, right? Right. Okay. You didn't want this letter discovered, right? Yeah, it was embarrassing and I didn't want, you know, yeah, it's a silly letter. I didn't want, he's a grown boy and it was a joke, really. He didn't have to destroy it, and now I think it's sweet that he saved it. It was just a little joke. It says, turning to the next page, 
You are my boy. Nothing can make me stop loving you. Nothing will or could ever divide us. Right. Why did you feel you needed to say that? I guess I was just being over the top, mushy, emotional, just so he knew we were always, even if he grew up, he would always be my little boy. Even if he grew up, if he's like 40, 50 years old, I will always, he'll always be my boy and nothing could ever divide us. Okay. You know, even if he didn't speak to me for six months because he's mad or something, I would forgive him and we'd talk it like nothing. Nothing. Okay, nothing including murder. Would that make you stop loving him, correct? Oh, I would always love him. Then it says, no matter what we do or where we go or what we say, we will always love each other. Right. No matter what, including murder. Well, I didn't say including murder, but you know, I would always love my boy no matter what. And then you say, if you're in jail, I'll bake a cake with a file in it. Yes. And what led you to believe he might be in jail? Well, I went with a series of silly examples of things that were far-fetched. I would never actually think he would end up in jail. He was such a nice, good boy. I would never imagine it. Just like I would never imagine if you read on that he would ever go to the moon. I didn't think he was going to suddenly go to astronaut school and go to the moon. So I was just being exaggerating and silly, and I tend to be. I know I don't seem jokey, but I'm intending. I always joke. Even if my Tide Sticks was a joke. I'm always doing jokes. Even if they're not good jokes, I'm always joking. And so I just like making it light. Like if you go to jail, if you're in the moon, if you do that, no matter what, I love you, love you, love you. And it was just a silly letter. I never imagined the future when I wrote this. You understood he could have gone to jail for murder, right? Not when I wrote this letter and not ever. I wasn't actually going to put a file in a cake. Who does that? What would even lead you to think he might go to jail? Well, nothing. I was just being, what would lead me to think he would go to the moon? Nothing would lead me to think he would go to the moon. Now Brian's a fucking astronaut. And then next you say, if you need to dispose of a body... I will show up with a shovel and garbage bags. What led you to believe that he might need to dispose of a body? I know, okay, but this is so crazy. Someone had told me a joke and I thought it was funny. And I told people at work, I told Brian, I thought it was the funniest joke. Someone said to me, oh, you know, a good friend is somebody that shows up with the garbage bags and a shovel. Oh, somebody you can call at three in the morning and they show up with garbage bags and a shovel and they don't ask any questions. Ha ha, that's so funny. Like, that's how you know a good friend. And I thought it was a funny joke. The person that told me said it was, said it funny and I told it to Brian. I thought it was such a funny joke. And so I was referring to the joke, but I didn't have time to write out the whole joke. But I knew he would know the joke I was referring to. So you, that I would always, you know, be there. Your intent in writing this letter was to express your depth of love to him. Right. But you don't say whatever you do in life, I'll be proud of you. Correct. I know that could have been better. That would have been better. You don't talk about what a great childhood he had, right? Yes. Right. You don't talk about memories of him. Correct. Correct. 
You don't talk about places you've gone together. Correct. Correct. You don't talk about what he did to make you love him the way you do. Correct. But I have other letters like that. But we're talking about this letter. Right. I know. Yeah. Which talks about jail and murder. I don't write it in this letter, but I'd written other letters like that. I've written. I don't write it in this letter, but I'd written other. Okay. You don't say any of these things, but you talk about jail and burying a body. I know it was a poor choice of words. When I read this later, I was like, this sounds awful, but it was nothing. It was a jokey, stupid letter that I dashed off before he left with lots of bad jokes and poor humor, but that's how I intended it. And I never imagined any of this. It just sounds so bad now, but at the time I wrote it, it was just jokey and stupid. Okay, but I do have letters I've written him just like that, listing all his good qualities, listing good memories. I've written tons of letters like that. But you didn't put it in this one. I know. I just, I should have. I wrote this stupid one. Which is written around the time he murdered Gabby. Yeah, way before. This was like May, before they went on the trip. And I just wanted to make sure. Well, we all have to take your word for that, right? Yes, yes. If that sentence, if you need to dispose of a body, I will. You have bring and bring is crossed out. Why is bring crossed out? I was trying to remember how the joke went and then I remembered it was show up. And it's like, you know, the joke was a good friend shows up. With a shovel and garbage bags. So baking, you're not so baking. You're aware, are you not? That if you put a file in a cake and give it to someone in prison, that's a crime. Yes. But it's also a very funny joke in movies, you know. Somebody filing their way out of a jail with a file. And as a matter of fact, the movie I was thinking of when I wrote it was a Wes Anderson Hotel Budapest where she bakes beautiful pastries. And in each one, she puts a tiny spoon and the guy digs himself out of jail. It was just a joke. And you were, because you can't dig yourself out of jail. You can't file your way out of jail. It was silly. And you were thinking that at the time you wrote this? Yeah. Okay. And you realized that offering to help dispose of a body would be a crime. Of course, but it was a joke. You wouldn't really do that. It's like joking. When I went, oh my God, listen to this. You wouldn't really do that. It's like joking. When I went to work in the World Trade Center, they, on the top floor, why was she working in the World Trade Center? On the top floor, they had a place where tourists could come. You could get your picture taken leaping off the World Trade Center. It was very funny. And you'd put a funny face. And then you'd pay your $10 and you'd get a picture of yourself falling off the World Trade Center. And that was so funny. And everybody had funny faces. And I'm saying this because at the time, it was a joke. The fuck is wrong with this lady? Okay. Later, when people actually did fall off the World Trade Center... It was not so funny. 
Well, this isn't so funny. Now that we know your son murdered Gabby, is it? Exactly. Okay. Why is it you chose Romans 838 to quote in your letter? Oh, I love that verse because it shows how we can never be separated from God, the love that God has for us. And so I kind of used it to show that's how powerful my love is. Just the way that we cannot be separated from God, our love cannot be separated by anything that ever, anything, you know, that ever, how is it worded? Things not here, things to come, nothing in the world could separate our love. I just thought that was a very beautiful expression of love. And I used it to say how much I, all right, let's look at love, Brian. I'm sorry. Let's look at the language in parentheses at the bottom of that second page. Nothing can separate us, not hatred, not hunger, not homelessness, not threats, not even sin, not even the unthinkable or the thinkable or unthinkable can get between us. Right. Murder is a sin, isn't it? Yes. Murder is unthinkable, isn't it? Yes. Weren't you writing this to him to tell him that no matter what he did, you'd still love him and nothing could come between you? Well, actually, the reason I did this in parentheses is because my Bible, this is how Romans 8.38 is worded. But when I look it up in the King James Version, they actually use, or I don't know, maybe it wasn't the King James Version, these words. And I said, oh, those words are nice too. But she just fucking said she didn't have a lot of time to write the card, remember? She said, oh, I don't know why I used that term. I didn't have a lot of time. Or she, remember, she she said something about not having enough time. But she had time to look up the King James Version and all these different versions of this thing, this gospel she wrote. And I said, oh, those words are nice too. Should I put the original or the version of Romans? Or should I put this version of Romans? I had a little space, and that's where I wrote an extended version. Like, there's two different versions, depending on what Bible you read. Okay. And I'm like, that's a nice version, too. But I was just saying, I was being, I was just being hyperbole. And the word just for exaggerating. Oh, no matter what happens, I'll love you. Can you understand how it sounds like you're suggesting you did something wrong? And you're telling him that nothing can come between you. I could see how someone could read it that way now. But at the time, that's not how I intended it. And then you ended it by saying, not time, but not miles and miles and miles. Right. Were you encouraging him to run away? No. That just meant no matter how far apart we are. If we went to another planet, went to the moon, our love was just so... I love him. I love him. I always will. Maybe I'm just, I'm too dramatic. I'm going to hand you what's been marked as plainest as Exhibit E7. Do you recognize that document? Mm-hmm. What is it? It's my affidavit in support of motion for protective order. Okay. And this affidavit was written about the letter we just went over, correct? Yes. 
turn to the second page. It says the purpose. The purpose of this letter was to reach out to Brian while he and I were experiencing a difficult period in our relationship. What was the difficult period? Oh, he was leaving home and I was, you know, and he had a new girlfriend. And so we were not spending as much time together and nothing big. Just not, not what it was when he was little. He was growing up. Okay. And I guess I was having more trouble with it than anything. I wish my kids would stay little, but I just wanted to reassure him that I loved him. Things were changing. He's growing up. He's taking a trip I wasn't thrilled with. And just difficult. You found out about that trip, I believe you said, a couple weeks before they left, right? I think it was like less than a week. Okay. But in the next sentence, you say, in the months prior to the trip, our relationship had become strained. Yeah. Why was your relationship strained? Well, like I was saying, we weren't spending much time together. I don't know. It just wasn't the same as it was. And then you go on to note, Brian and I shared a love of stories. And some of the language in the letter was using similar phrases to determine the depth of a mother's love. The two books that come to mind are The Runaway Bunny and Little Bear. Yes. What language in those books do you think is similar to the phrases you used in your letter? Well, I know in Little Bear, he went off to the moon and the mother bear, you know, there's this picture of her waiting for him to come back. And he comes back from the moon to see his mother bear. And then runaway bunny was just no matter what the bunny did, she would always love him. I forget the exact book, but it was like, I mean, I forget the exact lines, but whatever the bunny did, she would always love him. Well, there's nothing in those books about bearing a body, is there? No, there's nothing in the books about going to jail, is there? No, but that was from the joke and the book from Gabrielle. It was sort of a combination of all those different references that I knew Brian would recognize. Turn to the next page, please. Page, paragraph eight says, quote, I repeat that the letter I wrote to Brian before he left with Gabby for their fateful trip was nothing more than a private communication between myself and my son, and I never expected anyone else to read it. What do you mean by fateful trip? Well, we wrote that after. I mean, well, I wrote it, and then my attorney helped me write it, and we didn't know at the time it was fateful until now we know it's fateful, you know, that trip ended terribly. Well, one of the definitions of fateful is ominous, meaning you know something's going to happen. Were you aware of that? Well, yes, because now we know something happened. So it was a fateful trip because that's how you, it's sort of like the Titanic. That was a fateful trip. They didn't know it was going to sink, but it was like, oh, that fateful trip. And like a three-hour tour? Uh, yes, right. Was that, was the word fateful in that? But they didn't know and they took it. 
All right, let's take another break. They take a 10 minute break or 20 minute break and then they come back. Mrs. Laundry, were you aware that biblical scholars interpret Romans 828 to be about murder? No. Okay, I have no other questions. Mr. Meltz, I do not have any other any questions. Mr. Gilbert, and I do not have any questions either. Remember that we talked yesterday with Mr. Laundry about your right to read your transcript or waive that right. I would suggest that we read if it's ordered, all right? So we'll read the transcript if it's ordered. Madam Court Reporter, I can't remember if I said this yesterday, but to the extent either of these are ordered, if both are ordered, I do want a copy. This deposition was concluded at 11.52 a.m. There we go. Roberta Laundry. 